Welcome to the Artie's Attic Warehouse 13 Fancast, where a steampunk girl, a lifelong sci-fi fan, and a rocket scientist chat about the popular 2009 sci-fi series. There's never a dull moment with the agents dedicated to protect humankind from unexplained phenomena that manifest their powers in special objects. And there's all those friendships and relationships along the way. Grab a cookie while you can. Hope you don't smell fudge. Gear up with your Farnsworth Tesla and neutralizer. And let's have some fun by snagging it, bagging it, and tagging it. Welcome back to Artie's Attic a Warehouse 13 fan cast. I'm the Warehouse 13 janitor, currently dusting the entire warehouse for fingerprints to figure out what Pete has not touched yet. My name is SP. (laughs) And introducing Artie's Attic lead agent and historian who, despite not liking paperwork, keeps a secret file of contingencies on how to kill her fellow agents. It's Agent Shan. Agent. Small agents? I can do small agents. Temporary agents? That's a better word for them, right? I can do it. What's up, guys? And also joining us is the warehouse agent who can't get enough of her virgin daiquiris. It's Agent Carolyn. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I, I'm just a sucker for a virgin daiquiri. <laughs> well, I mean, you don't drink, so I figured, you know, let's go yeah. with it. I don't think I've actually ever drank one, but sure, we'll go with that. All right. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> You love me, I know. I do love you. We're going to move on from that. We're going to continue our Warehouse 13 series discussion with the episode that premiered on August 10th, 2010. Seven years before deep fake technology first appeared. I'm referring to the Warehouse 13 season two, sixth episode around the bend. The Amazon description reads, Pete and Micah are in the field about to complete a mission when Mrs. Frederick makes a surprise appearance and assigns Pete alone a top-secret mission to smoke out a possible traitor. Pete's investigation sends him down a path of increasing conflict with the team and eventually leads Micah and Artie to a surprise discovery. Shannon, you hated this episode. I absolutely love this episode. This is always (laughs) my go-to episode for season two. It's it's always where I start and then go forward. And I know it's Carolyn's favorite episode. Oh my god, it was so good. And then at the end, you're like, wait, so if that wasn't actually, like, real, what was he actually doing? Don't think too hard. <laughs> we see a little bit of it. <laughs> well, yes, there's that on video, but, like, like the place where he goes to the, like, the warehouse place where he's meeting Mrs. Frederick in secret, if she's not actually there, so he gets into a car, does he, like, because, you know, in the, in the, at the cafe he looks like he's kissing someone when he's not kissing anyone does his, so at this spot does he like act like he's opening a door and plop his butt on the ground like and then get up from the ground because he thinks he's sitting in a car just like a kid <laughs> playing around it's what you do in the backyard where you got nothing better to do right <laughs> imagination he's he's actually getting out and chunking those bricks at the windows but then he gets back in his car yes but he gets into mrs frederick's car in the first place his so, imagination. Yes. But so does that mean he actually like sat on his 
background. It, it just yeah. means we can't get too deep into it. It's like the bubble cookies, <laughs> Stop right? We analyze Carolyn, in other words. Just like he can't get Let's too go with it. deep into Agent Hate mm. Logan. Logan. She can't, he can't Not do the that. way he thought that day was going to go. The pants <laughs> are removable. <laughs> the pants line. are removable. It's good because she likes pantsless Pete. She's totally into Pete. I think totally. she, I, I think they could have made a, a great couple going forward. She is in one more episode. By the way, she was played by Tina Carrera. Who is a three-time Grammy Award winner, I believe. Don't get me lying. I just know that she played this and I've seen her in so many other things. And then you see, oh, you're so I'm so happy that someone big is like starting in my show. Yeah. She's pretty big. She's got 107 acting credits going back to 1985, including one of Carolyn's favorites. Airwolf? Yeah, an episode of Airwolf. I one love of her that show. First credits is an episode of Airwolf, an episode of the A-Team, an episode oh. of MacGyver, or oh as we all call it now, MacGruver. Two episodes of that, by the way. And one of the, ep- the old one, I'm guessing. Yes, the, the original. And one episode of the original Quantum Leap. What was she, a teenager then? Because in 1992, she starred in Wayne's World. In 1993, she starred in Wayne's World 2. In 1994, she starred in True Lies. And in 2002, she voiced a character called Nani in Lilo and Stitch. Lilo and Stitch. Uh, You didn't know that? No, I failed. No, she didn't know that. Mm, I failed. I'm terrible. Why do you think I've kept mentioning her name? (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) she's the big sister. She is the big sister. She that's really her singing when they're sitting in the hammock. I see. Y'all can't see this if you're actually watching this on or (laughs) listening to this on the podcast player. Carolyn is. About as beat red as she can get as her camera allows and her. And a diehard Whoopsies. Stitch fan. We're in the Stitch ears every time we have a podcast. I know. Fan fail. Like whenever Lilo crawl up into her lap and they're sitting in the hammock singing. That's really her singing the singing voice. Yeah. See, you learn something new every day. I do. I mean, I know her from a lot of other things. Uh, all the stuff that he like true lies and things. Um, so she's got one of those faces. I just didn't uh, realize that was her. I try to forget Wayne's World. <laughs> Wayne's World. Wayne's World. Party on. Yeah. I, I love this episode. I love how you get to see. I, I love the beginning where he's like, do you, ha- do you not see the signs that says don't touch? It's like, uh, like, <laughs> like what, you're doing good. Just get him not to lick things. I love the lines yeah. that she has in this, but. I'm not his kindergarten teacher. <laughs> but he touches everything in there. I'm like, dude, you work in a warehouse and you should know better. I got a series mm-hmm. of quotes on this. So Artie says, why do you let him touch all those things? Micah says, what am I, his kindergarten teacher? Plus, you know, we didn't know where there would be two artifacts in the same place. Artie, Micah, it's a museum. It is filled with things with from historical events. Anything from there could be an artifact. You cannot let him touch anything. Micah, Artie, it's Pete, okay? It's a win when he doesn't lick anything. Yes. Yes. That's a great line. 
<laughs> I love that whole scene. And then Pete in the beginning, he's like, job perk. And he's like, I could jump over ropes. And he's jumping over the rope. I could do this. this and side? I could do this. this and I could do this. I've done that before when I was when I was working White House escort duty. I did that. I was like, oh, I could be on this side, I could be on this side, and it could be this side. The Secret Service looked over at me and you know lowered his glasses. I was like, okay, I get it. You're like, never mind. Busted, <laughs> Busted in the warehouse in the white warehouse in the White House of all places, right? Yeah. Um, so I was just there to be pretty candy, by the way. I was in my dress uniform, my mess dress from the Air Force, and I was just, you know, being the eye candy to escort people along the way. It's cheap labor for the White House. They do it all the time. <laughs> but it's fun, right? I it can be, that. depending on who you're talking. Some people don't talk to you. Some people are like, well, oh, this is so cool. This is the White House. And and, and some people like, hey, man, you get having fun what are you doing after this and, and not like to get together or anything but just you know to chit chat as you're re- going down this ridiculous procession and they're like <laughs> well, what am i supposed to do right now the pop and circumstance is ridiculous in the white house <laughs> we wouldn't know we're just the lonely peons you're better off i've never <laughs> been to the white house actually i've seen it i've driven by it i've, I've never gone in the gate from it and looked in yeah i didn't get to do that we drove we drove by it long enough for me to go, hey, look, there's the White House. And that was it. <laughs> I got closer to the Pentagon. We got a we got in tour of the Pentagon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh. I get a tour of Pentagon every time I go to Washington, D.C. Every time you go, right? <laughs> well, you know, job perk and all. Actually, it's not a tour. I, I have a badge <laughs> and I get in and have to walk <laughs> around and find my way around, go to meetings. It's boring. It's, it's really boring. Yeah, protecting the country. Dang it. Dang it, all that stuff. Yeah, I'm not protecting the universe like Pete is. That's true. Oh, yes. I loved his description of his job. She's like, what do you do? He says, I'm in containment of threats. To the president, she says. He says, to the planet, he says. (laughs) I like how the waitresses look. I'm like, are you okay? Yeah, like, are you okay? And then he orders two coffees and she's like, okay weirdo because he sees her but there is no one else at the table with him if you've never watched this episode before i mean you're not gonna pick up on the things that like the patterns that he hears even when when like people he's he comes in contact with like mike would come from and it like stutters for a second but it stutters in fours Mm -hmm. or the or the typewriter or the kid hitting the stick i mean you don't realize that you've been duped the entire time until, I mean, the moment it resets is when Kate's character gets shot. And then next thing you know is Michael walking down the hallway. Mm-hmm. Which she looks so badass, but, you know, that's just me. Sorry. I think I caught on to it the very first time, and I remembered it when I rewatched it this time, when Micah was doing the light switch and the light wasn't coming on, and yep. it was just going... I was like, oh, that's it, it was just such a weird interaction between the two. I know they're playful and everything, but that one was just a little weird. And then Pete saw the guy out in the street underneath the liquor sign, which whenever Pete and liquor are together, you know, something's mm-hmm. up. And then uh, she came up and scared him from behind. So that whole scene was a little off. I'm like, OK, something's not right here. Well, you can also tell that she's starting to get worried by mm-hmm. the way that she's watching him. And something's just not quite clicking right with her. Like, you know, she knows her partner and something's just not quite clicking with him. 
Well, you know, he doesn't lie so well to the team. <laughs> so as he's tell as he tells Mrs. Frederick, and she just looks at him, she's like, Yes, that's why I picked you. You don't lie so well to your team. And then she's like, Have I chosen poorly? <laughs> I love that quote at the end. He's like, Oh, are you here to kill me? She's like, If I were, I would have already been it already been happening it already you'd already been dead and I'd be at dinner by by now. Oh God. <laughs> are you here to kill me? <laughs> If I was, you'd already be dead, and I'd be halfway to dinner. Dinner button. Yeah, exactly. I love how this one starts out, and they're in this museum, and they're looking at like a elephant. Is it? It's an elephant walking stick. This is our first artifact, or an elephant walking stick that causes earthquakes. And art and uh, Pete's like, "You're just mad because I figured it out before you did." And then you see him go over and grab a monocle and the pipe, and he's like, "What, Pip, Pip Watson?" It's okay. And he calls himself Sherlock Latimer. <laughs> yeah. We can't all be as brilliant as Sherlock Latimer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think the episodes like this make the show. For me, it makes the show. Because like I said, I could start... I, I normally start right here. Because for the longest time... Caroline, you might remember. But for the longest time, the header on my Twitter was this was a picture from this episode. Of her... It's it was from the part where Micah and Artie come out to the junkyard, and she's leaning across the hood of the car with with her, with the gun in her jeans and her jacket. Yeah, that's a good one. I think I might remember that. That's been a while though. I might have to bring it back. You have to bring it back. It's time to bring it back. It's time to <laughs> bring it back. Cause holy crap, <laughs> Micah was completely uh, beep <laughs> in this episode. <laughs> Beep, beep, beep. I mean, and she held her own with against Tia too. I mean, the two of them were playing off each other, and especially. I know. I have my money's on you. <laughs> when yeah. watching feet, my money's on you. <laughs> they're like, no, it's you. No, it's you. And yeah, that was a great scene right there. And the writing, we've been saying a lot of the quotes already, but the writing is done by Bob Goodman. He had one episode in the first season, which was Implosion. This is the second of eight episodes, and his dialogue is just, um, I can't wait to see the other yeah. six episodes because- Some of my favorites. <laughs> the, yes, the quotes are, are really driving this home. And I was thinking about it, if it wasn't for the dialogue in here, I think I would have gotten bored with the episode, but because, it, and it got real serious in the second half of the episode. Yeah. yeah. It needed this dialogue to make it flow better and make you really want to keep going at it because it needed it needed the dialogue so who else like only saw badger when you listen to him talk i mean yeah he only plays one character for the most part but he plays a really good character but also i, I was watching i saw i restarted firefly the other day so that's all i hear when I, the little boiler hat <laughs> I know he was Badger in Firefly. I know he was Roma Lampkin in Bowsar Galactica, but I really remember him mostly from Doctor Who, and he was only in a couple episodes of that, but that's where I really remember him. I remember nothing of Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah, I know. Your loss. Is he the one that had the cane? He's the one that had the walking stick? No, he was Valda. Oh, Valda. Oh. Oh, okay. The guy who had the cane, the guard, Lenny Malone, Mm -hmm. he was actually a very prolific actor. Still in stuff today really bit parts nothing standoffish he's got 173 credits since 1988 his goes by at least credited here as jp manu 
for M-A-N-O-U-X. So just calling that Manu. And then listen to this. 1999, he did Galaxy Quest. 2001, Ocean's Eleven. 2004, uh-huh. The Day After Tomorrow. 2004, Meet the Falkers. 2005, The Island. 2007, wow. Transformers. 24 episodes of ER as Dr. Dustin Crenshaw. In 2009, he was in Weather Girl, one episode of Warehouse 13, and then lately, one episode of The Magicians, one episode of The Librarians, eight episodes of Veep, if you're into that. He played Congressman Clark there. And uh, the 2022 movie Babylon, a bunch of other one episodes in main TV shows. He comes (laughs) in, he goes out, plays a a bit character, 173. But there are one episode that it's on for each show, right? Pretty much, yeah. So he's a red shirt. Pretty much, right? <laughs> well, does anybody? Okay, so That's he, what I got out of that. Pete handcuffs him to the radiator in the motel. Yeah, that'd be fun. I'm hoping somebody at some point nobody let did. The poor guy nobody away did. from the he radiator, died there, right there, Carolyn. Right. There. <laughs> he is now an artifact. His skeleton is an artifact. He's been. He's, he's been there so long. His arm's been imbued to it. <laughs> you just see somebody knocking housekeeping. What's the scariest part about that is he's on the motel floor. Yeah. Yeah, Ew. that's just that what a horrible in way to looks, die. <laughs> in what looks like a pay by night hotel. Yeah, pay by the hour, kind of sketchy floor. Yeah. That's the scariest way to die right there. Uh-huh. And I can tell you, because I've been there. <laughs> I know some of the people that are listening to this have watched Letterkenny and one of the museum guards. Yeah. One of the museum guards was in 12 episodes of Letterkenny. I don't think I've seen that one. Okay. You just got to lean into it. I know my girls from this show. I've never watched it. Okay. The other person Uh, of note is the new limo driver and his name is Ted Ludzik. And he has 59 credits starting in 1989, including one episode of War of the Worlds. He was in the 2004 movie Resident Evil Apocalypse, 2007 movie Mr. Megorium's Wonderful Emporium, and 2008 Outlander. Three episodes of Warehouse 13. We're going to see him a couple of times. Well, hang on. Hang on. Uh-huh. Outlander? The Which movie, guy we about? The movie oh, Outlander. The movie. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I knew, I, I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> I'm like, look. I was like, as soon as you said Outlander, I knew that was going to get Shannon's look, attention. You know me. You know me. I love sci-fi and uh-huh. I love history, but my God, Outlander is amazing. This next one is going <laughs> to get Carolyn. Three episodes of The Expanse. Oh, yeah, he was. All first season. And it was Remember the Cant, Back to the Butcher, and Leviathan Wakes. So all on the uh, asteroid, basically. Was he, a- he played two characters, Philot Kothari and Pock Mark. Now I need to do an expansion rewatch. Uh-huh. I'm currently doing an I'm currently doing a Eureka rewatch, so I'll have to do that afterwards. <laughs> You're doing rewatches when there's so many other things you need to watch to begin with. I know. <laughs> I'm always going to tell you to start with Orphan Black. I don't know where I can watch that. Uh, you got to get the DVD. I have the DVD. I've been halfway through the first season, and honestly, I haven't gotten back to it because, well, the end of November and December, a little bit busy in my life, and I am still recovering from that, both health-wise and <laughs> with everything else going on in my life. 
<laughs> Being a grandpa. Well, well, Grandpa SP. So the artifacts from this episode, we talked about the walking stick, but the main artifact from the episode was actually the telegraph from Telegraph Island. Right. Yeah. This just in. <laughs> you know, you, you, I have to imagine the way he plays things, the way he can just, the comic relief that he puts on it. Eddie is oh just gosh. so good at, like, I don't know if it was ad, could he have ad-libbed all that or if he just memorized the script for all that? But I don't know, but he's so good at it that it makes it look believable. And it makes you believe he actually is a toddler sometimes, but he's <laughs> funny as hell. I mean, I just think he is a great actor and he's so underrated. He, oh, most definitely. And uh, in meeting him in person at Dragon Con, the sweetest guy you'll ever meet. Yes. And I would imagine that he could be that playful in person. I can only imagine how incredibly fun it must have been on set with him and to be able to just like laugh with all of his ad libs he probably did because that scene was really hilarious this just in micah bearing to admit that pete was right stop well i mean stop. at the cons at the cons at the dragon con because i've seen him at the dallas con when people would would line up to ask questions of the people up on the panel he would make a point to get off the stage, run all the way back to the back of the room and give the person a hug and then run back up to the stage. And it slowed everything down, but he did it for each one of them. Mm -hmm. I think that's cool. A lot of energy. I think between him and John Berriman, if you ever get in a panel uh, together, I watch out. Yes. <laughs> the Woo! doors are going to blow off that room. <laughs> Look, I stood in line for... What's the guy from Arrow for you, that you like? John Perriman, is that what you're no. Oh, no, no, it's Stephen Amell. Stephen, oh, Stephen Amell. Amell. I was in line to get your autograph that time, and, and John Borrowman was right beside him. And that was the time that I was also in line to get uh, Renee O'Connor. That was really what I was there for, but I had to get both of them. But John Borrowman was, apparently it was Stephen's birthday weekend, and John Borrowman mm -hmm. got up on the table and started taking off his shirt and tie, mm -hmm. and started spinning yeah. it around. And Steve was like, oh my God. <laughs> but I got to witness all of that because I was in there for you, SB. Yeah, I appreciate it. I I know the camera can't see. Well, actually, the camera can see it, but it's probably behind the the logo that's in the top left. The yeah. autograph and the picture you got uh, is you actually up. Yeah, it's a picture of Stephen Mel as the Green Arrow in his vigilante hood and dark whatever, and it is signed by Stephen Mel. So thank you very much for that. It's yeah. Got a special place in here. For those that don't know, I did a podcast on Arrow for the entire run called the Starling Tribune, and uh, it was really cool the first couple of years, and then after that, it, <laughs> yeah, it, it, was a, it was a labor of love just to finish it. <laughs> there was a little OCD yeah. of, of finishing it versus it, uh, just not watching it. <laughs> yeah, it, I I liked Arrow when it first came out, and then it got super dark, and I just couldn't. I got never finished super it. Poor writing and the relationship, the CW relationship stuff took over. Felicity came. And Felicity was never meant to be a romantic relation, uh, a romantic uh, partner for Green Arrow, and came in there. And I have got nothing against Emily Bettrickards, who played Felicity. As a matter of fact, she did a wonderful red. She had one heck of a geek girl moment. The, oh my gosh, the, I loved her geekiness. Yeah, her hacking and everything. It was really yeah. cool. 
But when they started getting away with that from that in the like season three, season four, it's like, uh, uh, let's just yeah, finish I, the I, show. I really, I liked the first couple of seasons, the same as Supergirl, and then it got weird. And I'm like, Meh. I have other things to watch. <laughs> many people compare if you're into superhero shows, like just normal street hero shows, many people compare the first season of Daredevil to the first season of Arrow. And the Arrow was just on CW, so it couldn't be as gritty and as bloody as daredevil but daredevil was pretty cool there is one scene in arrow which is just imbued in my mind and i i need to see it again it is an ongoing tri-level fight with about i don't know 50 to 100 extras just fighting each other and it's all choreographed and it's on three different levels just wonderful wonderful but we're not here to talk about that we're here to talk about warehouse 13 to our warehouse 13 podcast I love that line. Yes. Claudia. 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 Oh, how cute. Encrypted. <laughs> as that she was tries fun. to uh, get into her files. <laughs> yes. She's not supposed to, as always. My favorite scene of this episode is the one that comes after that between Artie and Claudia. And mm-hmm. Claudia starts off with saying, Do you want to talk about this? And Artie's like, This is why I said leave it alone. And Claudia says, then maybe you shouldn't have put it on a computer. That's like me leaving a cake out with a note on it that says not for Artie. And then Artie starts in. That was one time. And I don't you have a boyfriend that could be irritating instead of me. Claudia says he dumped me. And Artie's like, Oh, I didn't know. Do you want me to call him? And Claudia's like, Artie, this is a list of ways to kill me. Artie says, Oh, they're not all killing you. There's other options here. Claudia says, erase her memory. Artie comes back. Well, that's comparatively human. Claudia's like, <laughs> drop her in a non-English speaking country. Artie's like, see, they're just trying to stall for time. They know you're going to find your way back. Claudia says, that doesn't make me feel any better. And Artie says, don't you think that there's a file like this on all of us? Don't you know that there's one with my name on it? Claudia so says, funny. and are you okay with that? And, and Artie says, Claudia. You are a valued member of this team and no one's going to erase your memory or dispose of your body in a vat of acid. Claudia's like, is that on there too? Oh my God, <laughs> number on 43 there? on the back. I love that at the end when, when she gives him the list, okay, this is how I want to die. And he's like, this is, this is how you want to eat. He's like, I know, I know David Bowie. Yeah, I know <laughs> David Bowie. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. How does she want to die? What does David Bowie have to do with this? But notice Allison was holding the guitar in her hand. Yes. Yeah, that whole scene was a really good one. I liked it. It's, it's like I leave it. It's like leaving out a piece of it. It's like leaving out a cake and telling you not to eat it. That was one time. <laughs> Sounds like Michaela, doesn't it? It's one time, people. It's one time. <laughs> My dad always tells a funny story. When he was growing up, they weren't all that well off, but they they had a nice house in the city of St. Paul. And it was my dad and his three brothers and his sister. And my grandfather was a, a salesman, a brick salesman. So a lot of the structures in the state of Minnesota, especially upstate Minnesota, were made by bricks that he sold and, and delivered to the site. That's so cool. he was gone quite a bit. And so it was just my grand, my poor grandmother with these four boys, this girl. It was just, just uh, hellions, all of them, from every story that I've heard. And so my grandmother would, would try to make nice things just to keep everybody fed. And, and what things that she would make was either apple pie or apple crisp. In this particular case, mm. it was an apple pie. She, she made an apple pie. 
She put it out to cool. My dad came into the kitchen and grabbed a spoon and ate the entire thing, washed the spoon, washed the pie pan, put everything away. And my grandmother comes into the kitchen later. She's like, I swear I made a pie. Where, where's the pie? <laughs> you made the whole thing. The whole thing. The whole thing. That sounds like Michaela, actually. A lot. <laughs> oh my fact, goodness. Think about it. Can't I hate the whole thing. <laughs> so I have a couple of notes on this episode. First of all, they took all of the guy's stuff from his room and they took him back to the bed and breakfast, right? And one of the yeah. things was the phone. And so Pete comes in. It's 2010. It's a phone that plugs into the wall. 10-digit dialing wasn't really a thing. National 10-digit dialing wasn't a thing in 2010. And he just presses, you know, redial, and it redials the the motel, right, from Chicago? No. So? No, it's not going to work like that. The other thing that I was uh, questioning about that is, okay, he plugged it into a phone line, but that's a cordless phone. You also have to plug it into the power to give juice to the battery in order to make the thing work. <laughs> Again, the bubble guppy syndrome. This is what this is, okay? You just kind of have to ignore it and move on because right. a fish, and as Sean would say, there's no way you could get it at a helicopter or, or jet plane under the water. <laughs> True. You just have to kind of suspend your you belief. You just believe it. Suspend really. With it. You could put a rocket ship in the water. I know that. But a plane, yeah. That's going to be a bit tough. (laughs) All right, rocket scientist. (laughs) And the other note that I have here, it's not really anything wrong with the episode that aired in 2010, but we're 14 years in the future, right? And so Pete takes off and they don't know where he is. Nowadays, a simple Apple tracker in the car could have told him where Pete was going, right? And and Pete didn't have to know about the Apple tracker either, by the way. So you put an air tag on him. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm talking about. An air well, I mean, even your phones could track you. I, I mean, mean, he still had his cell phone. It's not like he went and got a prepaid. So he turned it off, though. It will. Yeah, he probably had it off and it sounded like it was ringing in his head. Because when he broke the window and then his phone rang quickly, well, his yeah. phone had to have been on in order to ring unless he turned it off and he just thought he was hearing it ring well i think that noise was meant to be sound like like you know like when you're drunk and you hear it ring and you're not quite sure if that was real or not it, it, you know like he's he's supposed to be down into his memory right so or down into his head i think that's what that is but speaking of technology wouldn't isn't it cool though here you are would you say 14 years ago right and they're looking at things on the fonsworth and now we look at facetime all day long Right. I mean, it's kind of cool to think yeah, of the yeah, things we, that you're talking about that they didn't have back then, but yet we do now. Yeah, we talked about that before back in season one, how FaceTime in particular came around after this started airing. And, after Warehouse. Yeah, but they did say <laughs> that the Farnsworth was on its own individual frequencies that couldn't be hacked into or anything. And I mm-hmm. would say, okay, I know a thing or two about the electromagnetic spectrum and how things are parsed out and stuff like that because of like <laughs> cell phone communication, satellite communications, attack radars, air traffic control radars, that sort of thing. So I know a thing or two about the spectrum. No, that that's not possible, but 
I can go with that. I can <laughs> even me being a rocket scientist and knowledgeable about the EM spectrum, I can say, okay, so they're using a specific spectrum and they're encrypting it as such a way that nobody can hack into it. Okay, I can go with that, at least for now. A hundred years from now, probably not so much, but <laughs> the uh one of the things that I thought too, one of the notes that I had in my head was, huh. He wouldn't be able to do that nowadays, and that's make a call from a payphone. You'd be lucky if you can find, find a payphone. Like I don't know payphone. of any payphones anywhere that I normally I've travel seen a to. Couple in airports. Just earlier today, we were talking to Michaela about what a pager was, and she's like, "What?" Uh, so we showed her a printout. He's like, "Yeah, it prints out. You know, you you could look at the printout." She's like, "So, where's the paper go?" Asking not a. A digital printout. Oh, what? Wait a minute. So she's watched the Marvel universe, right? Doesn't mean she picked up on what the things were. All right, fair. That's she's true. 14. And if it's not food related, it's you not. Know. <laughs> it doesn't stick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you should know this. I'm telling you, this is how she's wired, anyways. What was your favorite part of the episode? Uh,. Oh, there were so many. I like the Claudia one that you said, but I also liked at the beginning when when they're going after the guy with the stick and they get caught and uh, Kate has to come rescue them. And she comes in and she's like, yeah, they're Secret Service and starts talking to Pete with their history. And then... She looks at Micah. She says, well, you and I can go and we can just leave him in the uh, early man exhibit. She looks at uh, Micah, looks at Kate and goes, I like her. <laughs> yeah, there's two other lines from that whole scene that I like. First of all, Kate says, I thought fishing you out of custody would be like old time Latimer, but you and your friend are both fully clothed. They catch <laughs> Did you I come too in early too early or too late? And Pete <laughs> yeah. says, well... I matured since then. I get rested in my pants all the time now. Yeah. And then another one is when he was explaining to her what he did, Kate said, ah, yeah, a stolen walking stick. Con four. Pete says, well, it's part of my new look, you know, top hat, monocle, big stick. Kate says, Mr. Peanut. Very sexy. That was another one of my favorite lines. (laughs) You know that someone knows what Mr. Peanut is. My kids wouldn't. Mr. Peanut. Mr. Peanut's going to make a comeback on TV commercials pretty soon. We, another couple of things we do get, Valda is uh, coming and coming into the warehouse and he's going to be a lot more scrutinizing of everyone. And uh, one of my favorite lines from Claudia is, so you're going to be all up in our dust trap? (laughs) (laughs) The one-liners from these episodes on every Mm -hmm. episode that you watch you're gonna find a couple of of great zingers that you have i mean i just my favorite part is always going to be the dynamics between the characters between the funny goofiness that pete does and how micah tries to tame him all the time i'm like you are a partner (laughs) right you are you're you're gonna be out here saving my life but yet how quickly he can turn from a child to the partner to Playing with things that he shouldn't be touching all the time. I mean, I just that just Micah. Yeah, we got Micah asking uh, 
do the regents usually come visit this often? He's and uh, Artie's like, not in the 30 years I've worked here. <laughs> but Valda catches him and he says, you've brought down on what and screwed me to the warehouse. And he had no comeback to that whatsoever. He just turned around and sat down. That was McPherson's. Yeah, yeah because of McPherson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only food that I saw in this episode was Micah eating a piece of Twizzler. She didn't finish the whole piece of Twizzler, but she was, she was commenting. Snack. It was her snack, even though Pete looked at her and says, so was that supposed to be the walking stick? She's like, no, Pete, this is a snack. And then the decaf coffee that uh, Pete was drinking by himself, but in his head with Kate. He ordered two. Yes. Yeah. And that's really weird because most of the time, if you want additional coffee, they'll just bring you a pot out, right? And have it there. Yeah. So having two cups is kind of weird. Uh, the waitress, by the way, is played by Jennifer Goodhue, who was a, a comedian and a writer for Kids in the Hall. So she w- brought that comedic presence to the scene, basically. She did. Well, well cast. Well cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that show. I don't remember much of it, but I do remember the title of it. Yeah, she was just a writer on seven episodes, but she was a comedian in her own right as well. What was your favorite part? Mine, I already said yeah. it was the interaction between Artie and Claudia. Oh, what was right. yours? What was yours? Micah in her hot looking pants. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Enough said. We do have a question that uh, Carolyn and I were talking about it before you jumped on the call. The song at the end, we didn't understand what the significance of that was to tune out everything else. Do you know anything about that? I, I don't. I just know that the, it, it's supposed to be some kind of mamba, right? Yeah. Was it supposed to disrupt the rhythm that he was hearing in his head? Because, yeah. you know, Artie made a point in saying this is the original recording of, I think it's Oyo Como Va or something like that. Yeah. So it's, this it's is the original to... recording. So. I think at one time, long time ago in the forums that I used to follow, they were talking about how like if it was like a like a CPR thing, it'd reset you, right? It stops you and then resets you again. So I think the beat was supposed to make him stop hearing what he was listening to and reset himself. It just what, was the reason that he shot the Tesla through the windshields was just to give him that visual explosion to try to shock his brain out of it? Because he didn't actually hit him with the Tesla. He just shot the windshield. So he like so, blinded him with science dazzled him i would say dazzled but yeah <laughs> do you hear me Carolyn? <laughs> and then i totally sang it in my head yeah. she blinded me with science that's a good that's a good movie she is making the rounds again and she is almost timeless oh my gosh still as beautiful as she was back then Wow. <laughs> I can't remember her name. I can see her. Mm, now you're going to have to. She was a model, right? At the time. All I'm thinking is Tina Carrera and, you know, Micah. Uh, you know, that could be a thing. Yeah. I'm <laughs> very much aware of it. I'm a Kelly a LeBrock. Kelly LeBrock. Kelly LeBrock. LeBrock. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still take Tina Carrera. 
with Micah. <laughs> Come on, you two know me so well. Another uh, quote yes. that I like from the episode is is when Valda shows up, right? And and Artie's introducing him and he says, This is Benedict Valda. He's one of the regents. And Pete's like, Our regents? The regents? And Artie's like, No, Pete, the South Dakota College Board of Regents. Yes, the regents. Yeah, yeah that was funny. No, Pete. And then Pete, when he meets uh, Mrs. Frederick in the car and gets out of the car. So are we like friends now? Yeah. She just stares him down. She just yeah. stares him down. He's like, okay, bye. And then later she tells him to go take a vacation. You know, usually when your boss tells you to take a vacation, it's like, you're a valuable part of this team. I want you around. And he just gently touches her face. <laughs> just I want to make sure you're real. And she's like, she's take a vacation. Like, uh... <laughs> Sorry, I just had to make sure you were actually there. Sorry, you were talking about earlier how you that last half of the of the episode really got dark, and I, I like it. I like it because it kind of gives you throws you into the cop show kind of stuff, but it's artifacty, and it it works for me. I like the this. I also love how they tell you the name of the city for like when the train goes by. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you like the, uh, the the location? I was just going to get to that. The locations, which is basically South Dakota and Lakeville, Illinois. I saw that. And I there was that. a Cleveland, Ohio in there, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. There's some Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. That's where the like guy was hiding out. You. Yeah. <laughs> and Pete makes it Gene Simmons. <laughs> reference yes. <at> the <laughs> they used to call me Gene Simmons in high school. <laughs> I love how yeah, I did. Mike like, thinks. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Micah thinks he's going to be all embarrassed by himself sitting there making out by himself at a at a cafe. And uh, he's just like, yeah, I still got the mood. <laughs> I mean, you got to roll with it. <laughs> you, you're an idiot. You, you're given something incredibly embarrassing. You just got to make hay while the sun shines. And like, yeah, I got. And they are thinking of each other as brother and sister at this point in time. There's yes. no romantic connection. At so. All. I could totally see this sort of interaction between the two. Yeah, which is why I thought it was really funny when Micah first showed Kate that video. And Kate's like, is he? Who does he think he's with? And she's like, it's definitely not me. <laughs> Although I could say as an outsider, I could see you see their playful yeah. banter. And it's it's. Yeah, I could see how people could be misdirected at this point. And then. Of course, where it goes later, they just play into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The also the other fun thing that I uh, heard when Kate was like, "So, Pete, is this a promotion or a punishment?" And he says, well, "That depends on the day." <laughs> Today's a pretty good day. Back with you. Right. All right. Anything else? No. This is a great episode. Mm-hmm. I just like really like it. The Claudia part and the you know every, it's just a really good episode. So far it was really for me, well. out of all the rankings, this is my number one so far. And then the number two would be the what was it? I think the first episode, first season episode with the metal thing on their back. No, oh, yeah, yeah. Is that mm-hmm. first season? I can't yeah. remember. Yes, was it was that first regrets? season. Forget what what that I was. I think so. Yeah, I, I, I'd put yeah, this I in the middle of the regret. road. For me personally, just because it got so dark at the end and we, yeah, we got Valda in, but we'd got no, we didn't get any world building with the regents. We just get Valda in and 
It was a side quest, really. Team building. Yeah, you get a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we have another email. I know we teased it last time, and it Mm -hmm. is our last email that we have in the hopper. So if you're waiting to email us, we would appreciate an email on how you're liking the podcast and what you think about Warehouse 13. So this actually was by uh, Drew Kennedy, who has sent us an email before, but he's responding to, to, remember two episodes ago, we had a thing on what's up with Dorian Gray. You guys remember that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, he's responding to that. So this is what he wrote. It's a book by Oscar Wilde about a man who traps his image in a painting, which grows old and suffers the damages of time for the main character. Wilde is about the most dramatic and extra author you could find from this era. I thought it was a great reference, but I can be a bit extra myself. I do really enjoy the way the friendship and sense of found family of the pod host matches the sense of friendships and found family of the warehouse agents. I guess the returning child host would be the Claudia of the group. How also won't tell her that. Yeah, right. Uh, Yeah. Never tell her she's the talent either. The older one. Hmm. Also, how do you guys feel color theory fits into the show? Another podcast, Long Dead, and so not competing with you, had a running theory that purple things are safe and good, even beyond the goo, and orange things are bad and dangerous. I find it to be an interesting lens on the show. Hmm. So, two things. I find that to be a little deep on the lens there. Right. First of all, the Dorian Gray, it's uh, a painting in this Oscar Wilde book. So there's that. And apparently they actually had the painting cool. in the warehouse. So I don't know if it came popped out of the book. So he's, does that mean that Pete's staring at this guy that's just growing old? That's kind of interesting. Yeah. It's, it's, it's why I was saying it? It, it was a wild, wild picture. And I didn't catch it at the time. I think he did say wild, but it was the book by Oscar Wilde. And then the second thing is the color theory with the purple and the orange and the good and the bad, I, or safe and good. Well, I think I'd have to take another gummy to understand that. <laughs> <laughs> well, in this case, like the elephant walking stick, it's neither purple nor orange. Mm-mm. So it's neither good nor bad. Yeah. Although we did Micah through the telegraph in purple goo and it had no effect on pete so that no, was but interesting it, it did have effect on the telegraph it just had no effect on pete yeah but shouldn't it have had effect on pete like shouldn't, shouldn't it have cleared it should it have cleared it if we go by all the other things that happen with artifacts it clears this things. Is a uh, yeah i would say yes but in this case it affected pete so much that it wouldn't matter i'll have to look more I'll have to pay attention more to purple and orange in episodes to really make an opinion as far as if it's good and bad. I mean, in normal life, orange is caution because everything that's orange or reflective or everything is is orange is it's usually a caution cautionary color. In I have too much of a brain injury to follow this. <laughs> <laughs> well, in this particular case, the telegraph is brass, so it's more on the orange side than the purple side, I would say. You two are blowing my mind. You're blowing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what the hell? Well, let's, 
I mean, I did, I did like his his comment of uh, us being a found family. You guys are kind of like my found family. We, I found you a long time ago. I know. Well, I found both of you a long time ago because of the Defiance podcast. So, right. does, so does that mean? Am I Pete? Am I Micah? Am Am I Artie? I mean. Well, He's the if it means if your kid is Claudia, then one of us got to be Pete, one of us got to be Mike, and one of us got to be Artie. Huh? We're never going to tell my kid she's Claudia. I'll never hear no. the <laughs> No. Ever. Definitely not. Then I'd have to give an assign as, as, as assignment to some of the other. No. no, I think she's more. Oh, gosh. What was his name? Cla- Claudia is paired up with. Uh, what's his name? Fargo? Todd? Todd? Todd. No, not Todd and Fargo. Uh, the other Fargo? agent that they bring in. No. Oh. Oh, oh yeah, Jinx. she loves him. Jinx, yeah. Jinx. She can be Jinx. Jinx, Jinxies. Yeah. I love. Oh, wait, I love Darren Ashmore. No. I love the Ashmore brothers. The Ashmore brothers yeah. are like two of my favorite She's actors just... ever. Oh, wait, the second A team. It was the. It was one of the saving graces of Killjoys. <laughs> that much. He was, and the ship. I love Lucy. Yeah. I love Thank her. you very much, Drew, for the email. Really appreciate yeah. that. If you want to send us another email, that's fine. If anybody else wants to send an email, we are now bereft of the emails. We would like some feedback. So get a hold of us, warehouse13fancast at gmail.com. Warehouse13fancast with one three for the 13 at gmail.com. Carolyn, you have been, and Shannon, you too. You've been noticing some interactions on Twitter with people saying they've been listening and everything. So that's pretty cool, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Mike's been really good. We have listeners. We have a few. We, re- we, had, we appreciate maybe four. Mike. Maybe four now. You know, that's uh, somebody told me that we have now have six subscribers on our YouTube channel. Oh, so. no. Do you let the cat out of the bag? We got a YouTube channel now. Yeah. We haven't announced it on the podcast yet. Now, those episodes are delayed from here because I'm only releasing one a week, but we will be taking some weeks off here and there, so it will eventually catch up. Yeah, I may not be here next week because of jury duty. Yeah, we won't know until after this podcast actually publishes whether or not we're going to be recording next week or not. If we're not, I, I will release the next one on YouTube, for instance, but we won't have an episode here. It would just be uh, wait another week. Because uh, as a found family, we're not going to have one of these without all three of us. Nope. Not going to happen. It's not the same. You can wear your stitch ears to jury duty? (laughs) 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 Oh my God, I would love to do that. That would be a perfect way to get out of jury duty. Right? (laughs) Look at my ears. Look at my ears. I need to be in your jury. Thank you. Did I mention he's guilty? Thank you. No, I would not do that. I would not do that. I totally would do that. Just for the record, (laughs) totally. Anybody that's in law that's listening, I'm not going to do that. Thanks very much. So boring. (laughs) I tried to get out of grand jury once, and this no, 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 that's exactly what we want from grand jury. You, you've never done grand jury before, have you? I'm like, nope. And I'm like, yeah. So, for those that don't know, in the United States, there's two different types of juries. Most of for most of the places, there's pettit jury, which is you're the 12 men in the box. You're, you know, seeing the trial, whatever. Our grand jury is people that sit in a secret room and are submitted effort, evidence, mostly by the DA or the district attorney, about 
the plausibility of a crime, is there enough evidence to go to trial? So the the level of what you need to prove is way, way, way down. So is this plausible to go to a trial for then a pettit jury to hear it and uh, determine it? If yes, then you indict somebody. That's what an indictment is. And uh, yeah, on a grand jury, you, you can't get out of it the way you can a normal jury because they're like, yeah, that's exactly the type of thinking that we want. <laughs> they're like, dang Although, it, dang it. Mine, mine, mine is a pettit jury, so it's not a grand jury. However, my jury number, my juror number is like the coolest number. My juror number 69? is 42. Oh, okay. It's what? What number? 42. 42? I thought the cool yeah, number would be 13. No. If you've ever seen Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the answer to the world or life is 42. Here's the, the woman that claims to be the sci-fi lover. Have you ever seen Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? No. I'm picky. I'm picky. That's all I can say. I've only seen it once, and it was really hard to watch. It was really I think crazy. I have and- seen it once, and I probably didn't understand it. The only thing I remember from it is the answer to life is 42. And when I got my jury number, I was like, that's a geeky, cool number to get as a jury number. Like, I am picky on my sci-fi. Not all sci-fi out there do I find good. I'm not a fan of Doctor Who. What? I know. Me neither. Talking about your fandoms, though, we got some traction on social media about the Stargate podcast. So for everybody's edification, we're not doing anything until we've completed this. So we got about a year left, basically, of doing Artie's Attic. But after that, there's no more Warehouse 13 content. So this one is going to be closed off and, and you know, put in a box and put well, in some goo. Tag, and, bagged and tagged. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then if the three of us want to do something else after that, we could. And one of the things was Stargate, specifically Stargate SG-1, which I'd started doing the math on that. And with like 214 episodes, it would be like five years or five plus it's years. a long time. Yeah, it's that's a commitment. So we we'll have, have anything else better to do, but you know, we could. Well, I got a lot to do, but I don't know if it's better because I love Stargate. So I do love Stargate, I but mean, that's a long time. What's I'm better sure than podcasting with us? Really? Well, we could do Firefly podcast. <laughs> that's only one season. I mean, that get, yeah, that gets into your boneyard concept that you had with Sean. So I don't know. Doesn't count. Not at all. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, that's it. That I. That's all I have. That's that's it. That's what. That's no. it. We're, we're done. We're going okay. to move on. That's all, folks. <laughs> so, thank you very much for listening to us. We really appreciate it. Please subscribe, follow, and if you have a heart in you, please rate us with five stars over on Apple Podcasts. Please, please, please. So maybe next week, maybe the week later. That's it for now. I'm the janitor SP. This is Sci-Fi Girl. And I'm Ocean 363. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for an episode of the Artie's Attic Warehouse 13 fan cast. You can find all our episodes at warehouse13fancast.com. If you'd like to contact us, you can hit us up on our email at warehouse13fancast at gmail.com. We are a part of the Lone Wolf Podcast Network. You can hear more of this cast and other shows like it by checking out lonewolfpodcasts.com. 
The intro music is sci-fi hybrid intro by Soundmake, and the outro music is science fiction by tunes to go Both were purchased on Pond5.com. You're going to have to use words. Words? Um, yes. Uh, it was the, the little thing. The you remember when we were talking going about? to pick up cookies? We were going to pick up cookies. We saw tumbleweed. Tumbleweed. Yeah, I said that. Ah, uh, so you, <laughs> there are tumbleweeds in the Dallas area. Got it. We saw a tumbleweed. Yeah, I took a video of it. It was more like a tree branch that had broken off. It was still rolling. It was still, it was, it was still a tumbleweed. That's what tumbleweeds are. They're, tree, they're trees that just... Break off. Yeah, mom. Yeah. Okay, fair. Yeah, mom. <laughs> <laughs>